Welcome to Edgemont Bible Church in Fairview Heights, Illinois, where our mission is to glorify God by guiding people into a discipleship relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to today's message by our pastor, Douglas A. White. I'm going to be at John chapter 1, so we're going to turn to John chapter 1 just for a minute. I want to try to pick up on a theme that we talked about last week. And I think it's an important theme. That's why I want to pick up on again this week and go further with you. You have before you, uh, you're uh, probably sitting on your lap, the Bible. The Bible is a compiled book. It was written by a lot of different authors, inspired by God to do it. He was guiding them as they went along and, and told what he was wanting them to tell. But that Bible is the story that God created before creation. It's the story he was making then. It's not something he's just kind of feeling his way through to see how you might come to a conclusion on this thing. He had the conclusion in mind when he began. He knew what he was going to do, and he knew the times of, of the ages that were going to be there. But in that beginning, here's what I want you to see. I'm just calling this one a day, Truth Arrives. And it's truth arrives because I want you to see it's the truth that we're to believe. It's always going to be the truth that we're to believe. If you believe anything that's not true, it'll mislead you, and you'll be off just so much, all right? It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. You know that to be Jesus Christ. You know that's who that is, because it's going to tell us later that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What I want you to understand is that's back here. That's all the way back here in eternity past. Uh, There can't be a past in eternity, but I'm just going to say before what we know of is time, that's where it was. And this whole story is being created there. And the whole story is absolute truth. It's true. He's telling it to be true. When he creates Adam and Eve, the story begins. That's how this story opens up. And the rest of this is how he's going to fulfill all of that story, all the changes we're going to go through, all the adaptations, all the wars, the conquests, all this sort of thing, until he comes to the very end of it when, in truth, he gives us the kingdom. And when he delivers up that kingdom, whatever we're going to have in eternity, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it's all about. I know what it says about the kingdom. It is this truth that he wanted us to know. So let me just, let's take a look at our notes here just for a moment. In the beginning, the true word was already alive and ready to create. He is God creating the story he has imagined. You're creating an image of God and you have an imagination too. Because you were created in the image of God and you have an imagination, you're capable of creating stories too. Have you ever created a story before? Have you ever thought a story in your head? Thought of, and I know you've read stories. We are a story people. We love stories. That's why we like movies. That's why we like to have mom read to us. Uh, That's why we like to have our wives read to us, our husbands read to us. That's why we like to have stories. We love to have stories. And God tells a story. We love stories because he's the storyteller. Everybody follow where I'm at? The story is true. It's reality. The rest of the world is phony. You follow where I'm coming from? The rest of it is coming out of very fertile imaginations. Because you're created in the image of God, we can create new stories. And we have created new stories. But this story 
is the standard by which we judge all other stories. Everybody with me on this? This is the one you judge all other stories. You, you look at something, you say, is that really true? Now, I didn't ask, did that really happen? That may be different. But is that really true? Is what just happened true to the Word of God? Is it true to that standard? Everybody with me? This is, this is why it's really important to get this. We've got all kinds of stories available to us. They're everywhere. Our goal is to look at those stories and filter them right through the Word of God. How much of this thing is true? Look, you, you can have all kinds of movies. You can have all kinds of stories that are being told. And what you've got to do is you look at those stories is look, what in that story was true? You may have stories that really do have good winning over evil or you have all kinds of, and you never have a mention of God with it at all. You may have all kinds of moral stories that are told or all kinds of stories that don't have any morality to them. You may have all of that. You've got to test it with the Word of God. Why? Because that's the truth. Whether you, whether you under, uh, agree with this or you don't, here's what can, you can know. The volume of songs and music that have been written because of this coming is incredible. The amount of stories that have come out of this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What, what, what day is this, by the way? December 25th of 2022. Why do we call it 2022? You may not think Jesus is important at all, but may I say to you, this is 2022. We call it 2022 because of Jesus. He's the whole reason you call this 2022. Yeah, I know there's some people not calling it 2022. I know with the Jewish, it's what, uh, 5,782 or 62, something like that. Anyway, we're, we're 5,700 years into this thing. But we all here have what's known as the common era 2022 because of this birth. Whether it was December 25th or not doesn't make a hoot of difference. This does make a difference. He did come. And it is a reality. And the whole world knows it's a reality because they had to number their years according to that reality. Why? Because it was a reality back there. It's a reality right here. It's the truth. And it's the standard by which you judge all other stories. Let me go to letter B for it. He had finished creating, and it was all very good. This is the proper state of peace and harmony, truth to be trusted and enjoyed, not doubted. It is full of light, full of truth. It's the complete Word of God. Let me take it back here just for those, I don't know how long Adam and Eve lived before they fell. I don't know how long that was, but I know this. They were in complete peace and harmony, and work was rest work. It, it isn't work that you're having to hard labor at. That didn't happen until sin came into the world. And may I say, the work that you're going to be doing here is rest work. It's not hard labor. It's not hard toil. It is the same thing. You're going to have a rest just like God did on that day when he stopped and looked at everything he'd made, said this was very good. Do you realize things were working that day? Things kept moving that day. Water kept moving that day. The, the atoms in your body kept moving that day. All the processes kept happening that day, and he's resting, watching it work just like it's supposed to. That's the work he had planned for us. That's the work you'll be engaged in over there 
when all of this true story comes true to us in reality of, the, of our bodies and physical conditions. It's, it's full of light. It's always about the kingdom of God. It's always going to be about the kingdom of God. He created the kingdom of God that contained the kingdom of heaven, king, the kingdom of earth. It was a true story to all of them there. Letter C, only as the lie entered the world. Do you realize that's what it was? And that's what, he, that's, that, that's what makes this such a big controversy to God. He, he keeps saying, and people believed the lie. Why was that so significant? Because there was nothing but truth until then. And once you pervert the truth and twist the truth, you're in trouble. You've ruined the story. And that's called sin. When we twist any of the stories, it's called sin. You follow where we're at? Notice this. When when the lie entered reality, so did disharmony. That's when that came, and with it came violence and death. They were not present before then. That's why we say that when Adam is said that death entered the world through Adam, we say, no, evolution was not going on before that moment. Why? Because evolution involves things dying and then other things coming to life. If that was going on before Adam introduced death in the world, then evolution was true, but it didn't come in. Adam's the one that brought death into the world. It's when we believe the lie. Now, I want to just, just clarify something real good. Uh, lately, I've been asked a lot about the covenant of works. If you know anything about covenant theology, you know there's a, with the covenant theology, there is the covenant of works and the covenant of grace. And what they're saying is then the covenant of works is when God told Adam and Eve what to do, and they agreed to it. Uh, that, that was a covenant. Well, l- let me just say this. God did tell Adam and Eve what to do. And it wasn't about works. Now, follow me very carefully here. The failure to do what God told them to did, to do, <laughs> did I got, uh, I'm in the third grade already. When, when God told them to do something, they were supposed to do it. Make sense? That's not necessarily a covenant. That's just telling you this is, what, this is how things work on this particular thing. They disobeyed after they distrusted him. Everybody follow this? It's about distrust, kids. It's not about a work. Now, the reason I'm saying that, because if there really is such a thing as a covenant of works, then there would be a possibility you could actually do all the works right and be saved by that. We were never saved or justified by works. Never. You can't be. It's by faith that you're justified. When they were tempted to believe that lie, they stopped trusting God and began to trust a third party. Someone introduced some new information, and they believed that information over the truth that came from God. That's why it's called the lie. And when they trusted that, that's when sin entered the world. When they believed that lie, they were naturally going to do what the lie produces. And that created sin in the world. So let's get this. If you will believe the lie, you will sin. You can't keep from it. If you will believe the truth, you'll live a holy life. But if you will believe the lie, you'll sin. Everybody okay with that? 
All right, let's go a little further. Letter D. Many attempts to explain the situation on earth were offered. These are what we call mythologies. They are based on some truth, but since the source itself is not true, these mythologies are not true. So after we had this, this fall here, now let's get, the, let's get all the, the people who are turning wicked, the demigods that are being born during that time, all the sinful people that are born between the time of the fall of Adam and Eve and the flood itself, all of those lies in there, all those evil things that were being done in there had to come to a close, and God brought them to a close with the flood. After the flood, there, there's an attempt to explain what happened to us, where did we go, how did we, how did we change, how did we do things different. That's when mythologies begin to be created. Why? We're trying to have an explanation for a world without God. I've got to have an explanation for the world without God because I don't want God in my life. So I'm, I'm willing to believe any mythology. Ready for this? I'm willing to believe evolution. That is a mythology. It is a mythology that requires faith. You have to say that somebody knows enough to be able to say this is what happened. And there are no witnesses to say that. That's another mythology. We believe those mythologies, and those mythologies were all created, and they offered all kinds of things for us. We get all the different gods in the world. We get all the, the uh, Aztec gods. We get all the uh, Mayan gods. We get all the Egyptian gods, the Grecian gods, the Norse gods, the Irish gods. They're all coming from an attempt to explain how we got here that was away from the truth. They don't have truth in them. They have some truth in them, just don't have all the truth in them. And that makes it a lie. Okay, letter E. Abraham was chosen out of all, of all humans alive at the time to be the head of the family through whom God would restore the truth. The Bible is the account of God's restoration of the cosmos and grace and truth through his family. So as we've got all these people coming along through here, Tower of Babel all split up and got all these things going, God's going to choose Abraham. Why? I don't know. I don't know that everyone's ever explained that. I don't know that God ever said that. But he picked him. And picking that one man, he's going to tell that one man something. He's going to tell him this. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you a blessing. I'm going to give you a blessing. And I'm going to give you a seed. And that seed is going to bless all nations. That was the promise. And God's going to start doing that through this guy, Abraham, and all his family afterward. He's going to give his testimony of the story through what he's going to call prophets and what we're going to call prophets. And for us, it's going to be all about the future. For God, it's all about his story. He's just telling the story and he's giving parts and pieces of it, just as the the team read this morning, many of those prophecies given to us about where he's going to be born, about when he's going to be born, about how he's going to be born, about what's going to happen when he's born, about what he's going to do. Many, all of those that were given to us were the testimony of what he already said was going to take place with this person back before the foundation of the world. The Bible is the account of God's restoration of the whole cosmos. So the Bible that you have right there that is the storybook of God. 
That's God telling you what's actually all about history. It's all about what the future is. Letter F. God chose men and women from this family all through time to bring back people to the truth. He called them prophets in their message prophecy. He would share with them how he is going to restore creation to its original plan. The prophets foretold of a prophet that would be like Moses to come. So back in Moses, one of the greatest ones out there, he's appreciated by all Jewish people. And he tells to Moses, there's going to be, Moses, there's going to be a prophet just like you that's going to come into this world. He said through the prophets there'd be a savior like Noah to come that would deliver people from the judgment of God. He told them a deliverer like Joshua would come, conquering king like David who would come and live and rule forever in a forever kingdom. He told of a kingdom that would destroy all previous kingdoms, which would be the last kingdom ever. They told of a son to a, a son to be born who would be full of the Spirit of God, upon whose shoulders the government would be forever. And they told of a kingdom of plenty, of rest work, of harmony, of the truth as it was again. All those prophets telling all those things, bits and pieces here, bits and pieces here. And may I say, you have believed that because you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go one bit further. When the time was right in the eyes of God, he started sending his messengers to bring the truth to selected individuals when the time was right. Let's just back this up. Israel had been since the exile to Babylon. Well, matter of fact, let's just back up even further than that. Assyria conquered the 10 northern tribes and spread them out all over the place. I saw a documentary just recently. Kids, I tell you, it was more fun to watch that documentary. It traced around saying, where are the 10 lost tribes? Are they truly lost? Can we find the 10 tribes? And this documentary went through and found all 10 of them. All 10 of them, located in a lot of different places, mostly in India, China, what was Pakistan, what was Afghanistan. They found whole big groups of them there. They found all kinds of controversial things about them there, found all kinds of things, even retaining some of their names, found one group of them over all the way into Morocco on an island for themselves where the whole island all the people's last name there is Cohen. Do you know the name Cohen and Cohen is the word for priest? All of the sons of Levi were known as Kohen. Kohen. They were priests. The whole island is named. Everybody on that island is Cohen's. And they're preparing <laughs> to come to Israel one day on Aliyah, and they're going to operate the temple. All of that's going on right under our noses. Why would you not hear about that regularly? What would it do to you if you heard it? Might get you a little excited, would it not? Would that be what the devil would want? No. No, 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 no. He let, let this thing just kind of happen quietly, silently, and nobody know where it's, what's going on at all. But kids, it did happen. Assyria conquered them, sent them, spread out over the world. What that would do is make the world ready for the gospel of Jesus Christ because they'd have some background in who he is. They'd have some background in who the scriptures were about, about the one true God. 
Babylon then takes Israel into exile. When, take, when Israel comes out of exile, they were under somebody's rule the whole time. That's the time that God says, this is the right time. When they got returned to Israel from, well, I say, let's say to Judah, when they got returned to the land from being a Babylonian exile, they were under the Persians. Then they were under the Greeks. And the Greek, they're under two different groups of Greeks there. They got the, the Ptolemies and the Seleucids, the Syrians and the Egyptians. And both of them fought over this one little piece of land. God said, that's the right time. I'm, I'm going to have you writing all kinds of things. And during that, that temple period, that second temple period, there were writings going forth all over the place about the coming of Messiah. Oh, they didn't make it into our scriptures. They're, they're apocryphal writings, pseudepigrapha writings. They, they, they don't have all the, the things that we like to have to have in our Bibles. And all those scriptures being written then were preparing those people for Messiah. Messiah's coming. Messiah's coming. And then to, to just get things squared away brought the Romans in, and the Romans created a whole system of evangelism. <laughs> That's not what they thought they were doing. They thought they were creating roads that all lead to Rome. Beautiful work, Romans. Thank you so much because you made it so easy for our Christian missionaries to take off all over the world on peaceful roads, good roads that you didn't have to go through thorns and briars on, paved roads, good roads to go on so you could take the gospel every place. Thank you, Romans. Amen? God said it's the right time for them to come, and it really was the right time. Got the whole world speaking business language of Greek. And everybody's speaking, kind of like everybody speaks English for business. You got to know English, you're going to do business. We had to know Greek if you're going to do business. And the whole world is becoming bilingual, whatever your home tongue was, and then whatever Greek was going to be, so that you could write a whole New Testament in Greek, and everybody could read it. God is so smart. (laughs) I guess maybe smart's not the right word to use, but I'll use that word anyway, all right? All he's doing is telling the story. Here's my story I created back here. Tell, 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 tell. Bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Tell, 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 tell. I'm going to write Revelation. Here we go. This is where I'm finishing it right here. Then all of us from here on will know the truth. We'll know the truth. Kids, you ought to be really glad because you really do have the truth sitting in your lap right now. There are multiple stories out there, all kinds of things that are being told out there, all kinds of things that are, oh, this is, this is absolutely true. And it is today until next week when somebody finds something else and then it changes the story. I, I want you to know this. The gospel's never going to change. If it changes because you changed it and you told a lie, you, you follow where I'm at? It's not going to change, kids. Oh, my goodness. God is so wonderful what he's doing. The time was right in the eyes of God. He started sending his messengers to bring truth to selected individuals, to bring the centerpiece of the whole plan to the focus of all humanity. He chose a young virgin of no status or position. You just got to love God for that. Now, look, 
you got this whole story that's going on back here. They're going to tell the story of a beautiful place, of how it's all going to work together. It's got all these processes that are going to work without much help. They're just going to keep on doing these processes and processes. They're going to feed things. They're going to have all kinds of good food for animals, all kinds of good food for uh, people, all kinds of stuff that's going to all these processes, and water is going to be this, and light's going to do this. They're creating all of that. And they make the focal point of it. Who's going to get all this done? And the son agrees to do it all. The father's going to speak it, and the son's going to create it, and the spirit's going to give it life. What a beautiful arrangement, this unity that goes on with them all the time. It's a triunity. And they're, they're creating it like And this one who brings it all to pass has said, I will be the one then that redeems it all. The Father says, yes, you will. The Son of the Spirit says, yes, you will. And we will assist you in every way. And you're here today, someplace out here in the timeline, having trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, having believed the truth, and you're about to see the truth come to life in you when Christ comes. And to get all that done, he takes a teenage girl. No position, no status, Nazareth. Like Nazareth is really a liked place. It's kind of like saying Belfont, Arkansas. That's where I'm from. And I assure you, it'd be a surprise <laughs> if something, well, I, I, I better not say that. There might be somebody from Belfont listening. One of the 282. Uh, <clears throat> He reveals to her that she would bear in her young body the Son of God. Why God chooses what he chooses, hallelujah. You got to love him for it, don't you? He chose you. And you don't have to have a why, okay? If you're asking why and looking for an answer, just drop it. Just go ahead and accept it. It's a beautiful thing that you got it, all right? So she's highly favored and blessed among all women. Now, it may not necessarily be the same thing today, but it was a high calling to bear children. It was a high calling to bear children. You, you watch as you read the Old Testament. Man, all throughout, it's all about, I want to have a child. Make sure I have a child. Make sure I have a child. It's a story of women begging God at times. Let me have a child. Let me have a child. It was an important thing to have a child. And it's an important thing for that child to live may not be the same idea today, but that's what God wanted. That's what God was having with that. And with that, here's this little girl who wasn't looking to have a child at that moment in her life, but he's going to choose her, and she's going to be highly favored to bear the Son of God. Now, after that, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1. John had so many wonderful things to tell us about the truth, and it was the truth, wasn't it? Yes. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I appreciate you, Leanne. <laughs> yeah. You're right on. And Luke chapter 1, verse 26.
Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, here's where controversy comes in about when, did, when was Jesus born. Here's where the controversy is. What sixth month? The sixth month of what? It was the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Okay, so she's six months along in her pregnancy. This is not the sixth month of the year. This is the sixth month of her pregnancy. That makes a difference. Because if you go back and start weighing out what day this was, what day that was, when was Zachariah supposed to be in the, um, when was it his turn? And you start looking and counting six months. So anyway, if that's what the sixth month is. Uh, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. You've got you to wonder, what did Gabriel think? Gabriel's in the presence of God all the time. Okay, this, this is, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's like to be in that presence all the time where he is an angel. You're seeing the living things all the time. You're seeing all kinds of creatures all the time. You're seeing them all, all and you're looking at now a little girl, a young woman, and not particularly wealthy or rich or any other thing. And he's knowing this. Here's what. My master, my Lord, my God told me to tell you, you, young lady, are one highly favored gal. You're about to get something to you that's never been done before and will never be done again. All right. So he says to her, blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, consider what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there be no end. From all the way back here in eternity past, before this thing even began, his name is Jesus. This is the girl he's going to be using as his mother. This is the one who's God's already got planned to restore everything that was good, very good right here, that gets lost right here, that's going to be restored over there. And he is choosing this one as the focal point of it all. You're going to bring that one in there. He goes on. She would name him Yeshua or Yehoshua. I don't know which it, which it really was there because we don't have too many Hebrew text of the New Testament. Um, we call his name Jesus. And that's a good English translation of Latin and Greek words where it's Jesus, but it was Yeshua. Yeshua is the same as Joshua, the one we call Joshua. And Yeshua means Yah, that's the Lord. That's the Lord's name. That's not, uh, it's not Elohim. This is the Lord's name, Yahshua. The Lord saves. Shua is the word for saves, delivers, rescues. So this is, his name is going to be Yahshua. He is Yehoshua. Uh, so that's what his name is going to be. Why would he name him that? I mean, this, this name was given. A lot of times people didn't name their children until they saw some characteristics about their children. You, you could have a child that could go by for as much as two years, three years before he's ever named. 
because you're looking for characteristics, something that that child is going to be responsible for. Sometimes they are naming what they want the child to do. Here is one that before he's even conceived is given a name. And if, if that's not enough, he's, the, the same name is going to be given to the child's stepdad. Joseph, don't be afraid. You're going to call his name Jesus. Why? Because you're going to save his people from their sins. He's going to save the people from their sins. That's got to be a controversy right there in her, in her mind. That You can see how she could have opportunity to have a little conflict. What, the, what the, he's going to save people from their sins? And, I mean, there's a lot going on with this little girl right now if you, get the, if you get the message. There's a lot of things happening with her right now. But he saved his people from sin. He will be great. So she's got to know this, that whoever I'm going to have a child is going to be great. What does great mean? I don't know. What's great if you live in Nazareth and you're a teenage girl? A trip to Jerusalem? Maybe apartment in Jerusalem? What's great? All she knows is God says it's great. That means it's great. Whatever it means to God is what it is to me. He's going to be called the son of the highest. Uh, that's, that's, the, that's going all the way back to the days of Abraham when he's the most high God. Remember when Melchizedek was there? Melchizedek is the priest of the most high God. That's the state. He's the God that's over all the Elohim. There isn't another one like them. This is the one that created all the other Elohim. This is the one who created all things. That's the most highest, and that's the one you're going to be, the, it's going to be your son, son of the highest one there. You say, well, what difference that? Each of the other sons of God, if I can say this way, the ones like Julius Caesar, the ones like the Pharaoh, all were, were claiming to be sons of lesser gods. You follow that? I mean, it's not a new thing to hear that so-and-so is going to be the son of God. Uh, that was something that was being that was said lots in, in ancient mythologies. So why, just, why not call him just son of God? Which lesser God are you talking about? So he lets her know. No, the son of the highest. He'll be given the throne of his father, David. That's in answer to another prophecy that David would have a kingdom that will last forever and ever. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob, and his kingdom will never end. Now, let me just bring it to this conclusion. Mary says, how can this be, verse 34, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered said to you, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and is now the sixth month for her who is called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, listen to this, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You're always saved by grace through faith. You're always blessed by grace through faith. Her faith was simple. I don't know how it all works. And frankly, she didn't ask for the formula of how it works. She just said, let it be whatever you said. You don't have to understand everything about God to believe him and to trust him. You don't have to have everything explained. Well, why did this happen? Why did that happen? What happened here? Why did, why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? 
You don't have to have all that explained. Simply believe him. Now, that may be tough and may be difficult for some who like to be uh, analyzing everything in the world. Set your analysis aside for this. God doesn't speak in terms that need to be analyzed. He speaks in terms that need to be believed. Just simply trusted. Mary trusted him, and you're here today because she did. You're here today believing in the Lord Jesus Christ because she said, let it be as it is, as you said. Today, brothers and sisters, is a day to remember that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. He was born. Praise his name. Father, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for all the joy we get to have in celebrating the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know prophecies were fulfilled all over, Father. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for what you're doing in each one of us just now. Dismiss us with your grace and peace. Allow us, Father, to have a great day together in Christ's name. Amen. Mary was chosen, and we don't know why. We know that he chose that vessel. No status, no position, but that vessel. We can know this too. You have been chosen by God. And you've been chosen by God and been given all this new birth inside of you, new life inside of you. You bring peace into this world like she brought peace into this world. You're bringing the Savior into the world that doesn't know him. May God bless you in this day, whatever you do, all right? Merry Christmas to you. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for all that you're doing through him in us. We ask that in Jesus' name you bring him back soon. We want to see our blessed Lord, Father, and we'll thank you for that just now. Now bless these people with good fellowship with one another and good thoughts about the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. We hope God has encouraged you with today's message by Pastor White. Thank you for joining us at the Edgemont Bible Church. We'd love to have you visit us if you're ever in the area. For directions, more information, or to support the ministry of Edgemont Bible Church, please go to our website at edgemontbiblechurch.org. That's edgemontbiblechurch, all one word, dot org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Edgemont Bible Church, where the Sunday morning message is broadcast live.